CBN FM Ann Arbor. Today I am so pleased to have A. Van Jordan here in the studio. Van, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> it's good to see you. <laughs> it's your second time. You're a friend of the show. I know. Second I know. time back. <laughs> um, this time we have on the table the cineast, um, uh, your your latest collection of poems out this year with Norton uh, yes. books. And so, and you've been you've been reading. Uh, you've been like you've been to already um, Nicholas. Yes, definitely. Yeah, Is but... there um, one on deck for? Um, Literate as well by chance? Uh, no, not not no. yet. But maybe perhaps. Yeah, maybe they're listening. <laughs> These <You> guys <laughs> are going to be on next week. So oh, great. I'll just ask them. Exactly. <laughs> What's the schedule looking like? Um, but I'm so glad. Thanks for thanks for coming on today, Van. It's good to me. see you. Um, and perhaps without further ado, here we'll um, I'll read the back of the cineast and uh, the short bio, and we'll go from there. A. Van Jordan is the author of Rise, Magnolia, and Quantum Lyrics. Among other awards, he has received the Whiting Award, the Annisfield Wolf Book Award, the Penned Oakland Josephine Miles Award, and the Pushcart Prize. And the Guggenheim. Yes. A professor of English at the University of Michigan, he lives in Ann Arbor. So lucky us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And now you've been here a, a, a good good time now yeah, van. yeah and yeah, time yeah. goes so quickly know, is it um it's been almost five years has it yeah yeah that that's a good bit quicker than i even thought um yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um well well van the last time you were here we talked about magnolia and quantum lyrics um and so now we've got and we actually i think gave everyone a little teaser of the cineast because i think it was sort of on, right, on just, deck yeah, right exactly exactly um yeah. so are you 
with your this book of poems, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how this this book works? Because maybe people are are guessing. Maybe it's um, to do with films or movies or. Um, and maybe before you even say that, mm -hmm. I was in San Francisco at City Light Books, okay. and I saw your book just out there on the main display. Oh, wow. I was so nice. proud. Oh, so anyway, <laughs> um, so your love of films yeah. and your family's love of films is right. partly the reason this project came to be. Can sure. you tell us more about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'll 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 tell you first that the uh, just just in terms of how the book operates yeah. is that it's. Um, it's, it's primarily just um, like ekphrastic poems about film. So these are, are poems that are looking at, at film as art and sort of rendering them in, in poems. And um, so the, the only rule that I sort of set for myself as a, as a restriction was that I had to use some sort of structure from the film um, inside the poem. And also I had to bring something to the poem that um, was not in the film. And so um, the you know the, the the book itself pretty much um, sort of deals a, a good deal with um, recollection, um, um, nostalgia, um, regret, um, male vulnerability, all these sort of issues. But we're using film to sort of get at at, at these emotional um, core core issues. And was it something where you felt? Were you seeing a lot of films, Van? And then oh, yeah. you started, you were just started to find yourself in dialogue with them, or you thought, maybe I'll, I'll think of some rules, like poets right, sometimes right. do, right? Yeah, Where yeah, sort of yeah. make up rules to make something have like sure, this, sure. What happened? Well, you know, it's, it's one of these things like you, you're constantly trying to figure out ways to get the writing done while um, teaching, and and you know, yeah, you know about that, right? And so. Um, so I'm thinking, like, what what, what can I do um, that will allow me to um, both kind of relax and do something I really enjoy, and at the same time keep the mind active. And so I, like, so I always tell my students that um, the idea of being um, in, a, in a state of writer's block uh, is is not necessarily uh, the the case as long as the mind remains active. So if you're if you're not at the at the at the page itself like writing, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not writing in the mind, right. you know, and being active, you know, actively engaging the 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 project that you're working on, and so. Um, but it helps to have a project rather than something that's unbounded. So the poems are sort of coming in and then maybe disappearing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, the thing is that it's not necessarily. Um, it, it, I, I feel like it's more important to have. Uh, a theme or a concern or even um, uh, the phrase I hear um, thrown around a lot in the workshop is, is an obsession, you know? And so um, if I'm, if I'm obsessing over something, if I'm, if I'm already sort of in that mode of, of thinking around uh, an idea. Um, so now I'm, I'm looking out into the world and I'm thinking, how can I shape this? Is there, is there something here that I can bring into into this um, project and, and think about it in, in terms of, of, of a, a way of rendering. And so um, uh, watching films, you know, which is something that I've always loved doing, you know, <laughs> I, I was able to do that with, um, with uh, impunity. You know, just <laughs> because it was of, part of the project. It was part and of the project. Was, right. I was working, right? You know, so, so, so I, exactly, you're you know, so. Using your noggin, that is so <laughs> yeah. smart. You know, so I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to start. 
um, thinking about these films um, as an ekphrastic project. And I'm going to try to render these um, thematically um, in, into this uh, larger, uh, larger um, vision of, of, a, of a book of, of poems. And so what, what you know, I've done is I've just sort of taken the title of different films and I, I sort of riff off those films. The, the larger poem in the center of the book. Yes, section two. Section two, yeah. It's, it's the sort homesteader. of the, the homesteader is a, um, a triple sonic crown um, that uh, gives the sort of story behind how uh, the filmmaker Oscar Michaud uh, was able to get started making film. And, and so there, there are two things that, that, you know, sort of thinking about around Michaud. Uh, you know, Michelle starts making film in 1919. He's African American. He's living in South Dakota, of all places. And because um, he went out to get land, he was an adventurer and yeah, to exactly. make his way. Yeah, yeah the homesteader. He, yeah, yeah. So he was. Uh, you know, he was a. Uh, he he worked as a shoeshine man. He worked in a lumberyard. He was a Pullman porter where he yeah. first started making some actual money, and from that um, that job, he was able to. Uh, get some land um, in the Rosebud Homestead in South Dakota. And um, 1915 comes around. We have uh, D.W. Griffith's uh, Birth of a Nation. And so in response to the the public response to this, um, his response to the public's response, that is, you know, he's, he's saying, okay, I, I want to get involved because here's this new art form. And this new art form has had an unprecedented effect on the public and 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 not for the not for um it's good you know it's been right. you know here here we have uh, a time post reconstruction uh the clan activity had pretty much died out the clan had um for all um you know by all reports had sort of gone out of fashion and so they weren't uh, many, if any, active clan chapters uh, around, and so when the the film in comes 1915, when this, the film comes okay. out, okay. so the film comes out in 1915, and then um, you know here's the clan uh, as the heroes in the center of the film, and um, in Hollywood when they have the premiere. Uh, they come in, and, and the original title of the film was The Klansman, you know, and so they come in on horseback and in regalia on the red carpet, you know, if you can imagine this, right? And so then, um, as the, as the you know, this is sort of back in the days of platform marketing, so they're, they're moving across the country from, from, um, the, from California to New York. By the time it gets to New York, uh, they've had the, the showing at the White House, uh, they've renamed this film The Birth of a Nation, and it premieres um, in, uh, in New York to great fanfare. And, also and, with these people riding horses on the red carpet? Yeah, like I mean, still this, is still, this is still, the, this is still the theme. This is still opening. what they're celebrating. You know, um, now there's been protests. Um, the NAACP uh, mm -hmm. was up in arms. Uh, Booker T. Washington was up in arms. And so Washington's... Um, um, uh, uh, 
protest to the film is the thing that really sort of motivates Michelle because Michelle's a big acolyte of, of Booker T. Washington. And so here we have uh, a time that's sort of, that's kind of beyond our scope, thinking about film uh, or any new art form. I mean, can you imagine like in the 21st century, a new art form, right. you know, happening, you know, the advent of that coming into our lives and sort of changing the way we 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 think or behave sort of like or, the, the internet for us now yeah, exactly. like how it's we're the internet would probably be the equivalent to that to you know the, it exactly or, exactly you know and so and represent ourselves absolutely and, and vision and yeah yeah you know so and it's changed you know as we see now um it's, it's sort of changed our our way of of experiencing narrative structure uh, this this new art form has, you know, and so this is what's happening at this point. And so here's this man who's also uh, not just homesteading, he's also writing novels. There, I love his story. Yeah, he's, an, like, he's an incredible figure. Uh, Michelle is incredible. It, so he, Michelle ends up making over 40 films. Uh, the first film in which Paul Robeson appears in 1925 is Body and Soul. And and, you know, and this is a Michelle film. You know, so um, so this is the guy. This is the the, the impetus behind um, the book, really, because I started with him, and then the other oh, poems sort of just sort of started um, occurring later because I I just kept watching movies. Uh, the the further I got into his story, but that also makes sense why structurally then you have this at the core of the book, the central exactly. section, exactly, exactly, and why there needed to be sections, otherwise maybe there wouldn't have been if they were exactly. the acrostic poems. Right, right, um, right. Well, let's, um, let's take a short break, sure. Van, and then we'll come back and let's hear, hear some. Would Absolutely. you mind? That would be wonderful. No you're, you're listening to Living Writers. Um, and by the way, thanks to Stephanie for being behind the glass and engineering today. Today on the program, A. Van Jordan is here, the cineast. I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be right back. Stop! 
Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, glad you did. Today on the program, A. Van Jordan is here. The Cineast is the book of poems on the table out this year with Norton. Van, so so this is an amazing, so this book is, it was, how long was it in the works too, since when the project began? It's been about six years when I first started uh, writing the the, the initial, um, the Homesteader poem, right. which was, uh, the, you know, the first idea I had about this, you know, around this book. So, and it's interesting because to me, it reminds me of Magnolia in the way mm. that you're working with history. Oh, absolutely. So, so it's, sure. so that's sort of this familiar territory in a way, but yeah. then the ekphrastic, cause I wondered, I was like, Oh, I didn't know that you had maybe been working with sure. these before. Sure. So that's this new element exactly. to the project. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how let's see and actually that maybe explains too structurally since we're talking a little bit about how how the book is is made here um your lead poem metropolis restored edition it's kind of wonderful because then you show where you where you like michigan theater ann arbor september 14th 2010 exactly you know that was an important night um around the the writing of this book too i have to say because the the Michigan Theater, they were showing um, uh, Metropolis that night, this restored edition of Metropolis. And um, I, it just it worked out perfectly. I was in this uh, period of watching all these old silent films at home, uh, trying to get, you know, gearing up and getting my mind wrapped, wrapped around that time period with Michaud. And so I, I said, oh, I want to go see this movie. And, you know, so I get to the theater. Uh, I got my my ticket earlier in the day, and I and I got to the theater, and I was shocked to see the line not just down the block, but wrapping around the block. So you and don't I, always see that with Michigan not, theater. We do not, especially for an old film like this, right? And so I get there, and um, it, it turns out that you know there were very few places in the in the state. Um, in which they were actually playing this film. And so uh, it had a very limited release nationally, uh, the restored edition of it. And so uh, I hadn't seen the restored edition. I had only seen the uh, the edited version, which had almost an hour cut out of the film. Yeah, and so when I, when I got to the theater, I was really excited, but I was also worried that, oh, maybe I won't get a seat now, you know. And so I get inside and I, I get my seat, and I, I'm meeting two other friends there, and we, we all, you know, we find each other, we find our seats, and then the manager. What, what anticipation, though, too? Oh yeah, like was, to even worry that you might not be able to see it. Like yeah. that's a different, because um, that's a different experience as well. Oh, but adding to yeah, the tension yeah. or the, but then you find the friends, and the manager comes. Right, the manager uh, comes out on stage, and he says, "Look, we have a lot of people still outside, and what we're going to do is we're going to hold the film until everyone gets in here." 30 minutes we wait and no one complains and it's a three hour film mm-hmm. and so people come in and they and they get settled and then the composer who actually composed the music for the performance that night he comes out and he's going to play the organ while we watch this film and the theater uh, I believe the Michigan theater was um, uh, uh, built in 1927 so it was like right there um, in the um uh, the silent film era, um, and so so they have this hydraulic organ. Right? I love that organ. I, I love it. I love it. You know, so he comes out. He's got a tuxedo. He explains the composition. He sits down. He starts to play, and there's this kind of electricity in the air, 
But it reminded me of going to this theater, this beautiful atmospheric theater in Akron, Ohio, uh, the Civic Theater, when I was a kid, and they would have these these films. And before the main film, they would always play these little like crazy cat shorts and stuff. And they had the organist, you know, <laughs> and he would come out and he'd play. And so that was a big part of the experience of going to the, the movies for me was this kind of... Um, this temporality of it you know you're sitting there and you know that this is only going to happen this time um like this once. particular this, way in this in this way right it's not going to be this way the next time and these other memories washing exactly as well exactly exactly and so i'm watching these people watch this film and in this you know very you know 21st century way watching this film from 19 uh what is it uh i don't, I don't even oh, know i think it was we'd have to we could look it up in the back yeah, where I, you I, have, I have a, the notes I, I know uh the notes 1927 1927 the german expressionist oh, yeah, film yeah perfect so so they you know so they they show this film and and we're watching it like they would have been watching it in 1927 you know, and people are reading the title cards. They're they're not texting. They're not talking. No one's trying to go to the bathroom. If they go to the bathroom, they rush back and, they, and they're watching the cards as they come back. <laughs> and, and it was incredible. And then people applauded at the end of this thing. You know, so like it was, a theater experience. It, exactly, it was exactly. So it was it was awesome. You know, to to three be, hours. Three hours. Yeah, and it was just a, a great experience that night. And so I I wanted to bring some of that into the book. Um, some of that, um, you know, kind of what what Larker calls the duende. I mean, trying to capture the spirit that was going on in that performance and sort of try to bring that into um, the book because it's, it's an experience that I don't think moviegoers... Um, have much today in the multiplexes. I mean, there's something there's something great about the multiplexes and the the ability to see so many films at once and the the you know the, you know, the sound quality and all that stuff. But there's something else that's lost as well, though. And um, and trying to sort of hold on to some of that nostalgia was uh, what I was trying to infuse into the book. Right. And so yeah. it's important that it is. It's the first poem in the book. Exactly. It's kind of the it's so. Um, you know, so it puts its uh, sets the key for the for the rest of the book. And I think it's no accident too that it, or it's interesting that it's restored. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why then? Yeah. What, what well, I mean, because I'm also thinking about the idea of, of, of restoring this experience. You know, the movie going experience. You know, instead of thinking, you know, the thing I, I when I, I hear all the time when I talk to people is, you know, they'll say, "Well, I don't really go to the movies that much. I'm I'm, I'm watching things on demand. I'm I'm, I'm streaming stuff. You know, um, they're, they're, you know, so so they're not they're not as invested in the experience of being in the theater." You know, so, you know, I'm hoping that this, this restores some of that. I think you've made your case. Yeah, well, I hope. Sure. Have you heard, have any, has anyone um, sort of written to tell you that or any, like, do you, do, I, I don't. Well, the thing that's been funny um, or, or, and encouraging, I should say, uh, is that people have, have often said, well, you know, I, I'm going to um, try to watch all these films now. Right. You know, you know, all these films I haven't seen, I'm going to try to watch them all and try to find them, you know. And I think that's great. You know, I, I like the idea of them having a little like cineast film festival at home, even. You know, so. And how did you? So how did you pick the films then, Van? As yeah. well, was it something? Yeah. So initially, I have, to, I have to say that initially, I was thinking about the the title of the film, the title of the film, the title of the book. Uh, the working title was the auteur, and I was thinking about it um, mainly through uh, the lens of Michaud. Yes. And. And, and but then, as I, other poems started coming into the uh, the collection, 
I realized these weren't all auteur films. These weren't all films of, of that caliber, you know. And so um, I started thinking more about the, you know, the the main theme there, the experience. You know, so having this kind of experiential knowledge of the theater and movie going and, and trying to bring that into it. And so um, then the title changed, you know. And this is fairly late in the game, too. I mean, I've been working on it for years. Yeah. And then, and so, so the the title changed. And I realized this is really the focus of the of the collection. Thank goodness. Had, was that a word? Did you? How did you? Was that a word that was just part of your lexicon already, Van? Or was it something that you found and then it sort of yeah, clarified yeah. or, or um, focused? It's, or? A, it's a it's a word that I I've known for. Um, I probably I, since I, you were in middle school. Go well, on, no, it's okay. I mean, it, I, you can't. A few decades, but, <laughs> but but no, no, no. But the, this is the only reason why. There's a there's a journal uh, slash magazine now, um, the Cineast, and it's, it was you know just this this great um, magazine or journal, however you want to look at it, uh, about film, and I loved reading it, you know, and so I was reading it. Um, like in the in the nineties, you know, early nineties, and 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 thinking about wow, this is really so uh, maybe something. even pre poems before you were writing exactly poems. actually before I was actually writing poems, I was reading the cineast, you know, and so um, and so I, so that was sort of locked in my mind, and then I had um, uh, found uh, two volumes of interviews bound uh, interviews from the cineast, which they published. Um, online because I was thinking about that that magazine I hadn't seen it in years and um, and and I, I the the newer issues look like a they're just sort of like a slick magazine now you know and I and I was thinking wow I wonder if they have old issues if I can find those those older issues that had all these great interviews with these filmmakers and they 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 did and um, so I just sort of you know, luxuriated in those for a while. Wow. Um, and so did you, and did you get those bound volumes then sent I did. to you? Or you yeah, managed? yeah, ordered them on uh, online. So, yeah. And that, and then it became absorbed in the project. Exactly. And so there's exactly. these layers in it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So research is also very, you've, uh, it's really, it's interesting, isn't it? There's, there's always a, a research component in this yeah, creative sure. work that you're making. I guess maybe... It would yeah. be for everyone, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there's, there are aspects of it that, um, you know, if I'm at work and, and I'm describing this, I'll say, well, there's a certain intellectual curiosity that goes into it, but then there's also just kind of this boyish curiosity that, that's because well, that's, that's when it all started, exactly. too. Yeah, exactly. And, and you would talk about going to see, like, I feel like what was that one of those movies, like uh, the the the. Mm, you saw it five times. Lady Sings the Blues. You saw oh, that yeah, five yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, so yeah. these different, when you, from when you were very young. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah. Well, one of the things was that at that time, um, you could see, uh, you know, they still had double features. Right. And often the double feature was a film that had come out a year or two before that was uh, a nice compliment to the, the, the new release. And so Lady Sings the Blues was like this this <laughs> film that just seemed to come up all the time with any any <laughs> film that had black actors in it. it was like, and, and you were always there. I was always, so I you was got there. to yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was great to, to be able to see that film again. And, right. um, and I never got tired of it, you know. And it was a pretty adult film for, for a kid. But I, I still, I just, I completely loved the performances. 
And you mentioned in the dedication to the book, too, that it's for your family and yeah, their love yeah. of films as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I used to enjoy, um, like one of my favorite family outings was going to the, to the movies. And, um, you know, uh, I think you, you, you asked me a question earlier about, about how I chose the, the films. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, I, and I sort of, um, I got off track, but, the, but one of the things I was thinking about, I was, I was thinking about some of these films I'd seen with my, my brothers or my parents, and I thought, like, you know, let me look at some of these movies and see what it is about them that has been, you know, burned on my retina all these years. Like, why am I still seeing these images? Why are they still with me? And and some of the films were, were films that I really felt like I could bring something to on the page. And some of the films were, were films that um, either didn't hold up over time or they were so complete, you know, that I didn't oh, feel like, like I had a, a way into yeah, it. Yeah, I just felt like, you know, I really have nothing else to add. I think Bergman has said it all in this film. You know, <laughs> I mean, so there's nothing I can say, say about this movie. It's beautiful. You know, there's nothing I can say. Uh, I mean, there were like Woody Allen films I couldn't really um, access in the poem or, um, you know, oh, okay. yeah, you know, so just the, different, different filmmakers. And, um, and there were films that were, were favorites of mine, like Lady Sings the Blues. I, I really didn't have anything to say about that movie, you know, um, inside of a poem, I'm saying. Oh, right, right. Yeah. And I wonder what that means also for some of the, the, the things that connect these poems or why your family... Your your parents, your brother, like where you why you saw those, why they were seen, well, the, the, why those films. Here's too. the good thing that that I I got from um, from uh, growing up in this family that that enjoy watching movies is that we watched everything, you know. So it was highbrow, it was lowbrow, um, dramas, comedies. It didn't matter. We just saw it all, <laughs> and, and and it was we we enjoyed it all. So it was it was it was it was great, you know. And it and it it sort of. Um, created a, a certain um, level of openness as I approach, um, you know, watching these films, right. you know, and so that's that's one of the reasons why this could not be the auteur. Yes. <laughs> okay. And it, yeah. and it's the cineast. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> we'll take a short break and we'll be right back um, to hear more from A. Van Jordan, his book, The Cineast Poems, out with Norton this year. Um, you've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel today on the program. A. Van Jordan is here in the studio. His book, The Cineast. Um, 
Van. So that we just, there is a poem for do the right thing. There <laughs> in is. the book. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I could, I could, I could read that as well. I could do that. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and so, uh, you know, do the right thing is, uh, you know, one of the things about this film that I love is that it's, it's, you know, it has this kind of, um, perfect, uh, narrative unity of, 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 of having a very specific place, uh, a very specific time. Like one day, all this happens in the summer in Brooklyn. And, um, we have this protagonist that we follow, um, Mookie who's played by Spike Lee. And um, it's just, uh, there. there's uh, an array of characters um, in this neighborhood, but as the day wears on and the heat rises, um, the the racial tension in the neighborhood rises. And then there's this um, uh, this this fight that, that takes place in Sal's Pizzeria that's instigated by this character played by Giancarlo Esposito called Buggin' Out. And, and he's um, always so great, too. He's incredible. This is one of his first um, major roles. And um, all these all these actors, I mean, um, uh, there's so many wonderful um, actors. Uh, Ruby D, Ozzie Davis. I mean, there are all these, you know, uh, wonderful actors in this film. Um, Who had you, you'd been watching already? In oh, for years. This yeah, relationship with yeah. him. Uh, John Turturro's in this oh. film, and it's like one of the first films I remember. Uh, Living Down in L.A. was the first film I saw him in, and then and then Do the Right Thing was the next. And he's always interesting too. He's always, he's always great. <laughs> always good. Always good. So so this is uh, Do the Right Thing, uh, Spike Lee, nineteen eighty nine. The days were a skillet on a red hot eye of a stove. The men on the corner, the couple in their apartment, the kids playing under a fire hydrant's relief were all sitting, loving or playing in a skillet. Heat rose off the assonance of summer language. Some called it music, others, others called it fire. The days were a skillet, but the nights were a match lighting the gas. No moon appeared, only steam rising off the sidewalks from the day. Feet danced on the skillet and smoke alarms sounded. Moths, fierce as kids at play on a summer day, burst from musty closets. People were evicted, put out like butter sliding across a skillet's face. Most of us were outside by then, swatting bees, swatting flies. We outlived the lifespan of giraffes and cheetahs made for this weather. Or we sat on our stoops, indolent but defiant, simply escaping the drama of our own lives. Even those indoors without air conditioning, we like to believe at least, escape the heat somehow. Mookie, to cool her fire, melted ice cubes on Tina's nipples. Radio Raheem stole ink off of Robert Mitchum's knuckles. He took the heat too, casting love and hate into digital bling. When did Soul Brother become an anachronism too hot for air-conditioned conversation? In Sal's pizzeria, bugging out bugs, Sal, why ain't no brothers up on your wall? Smiley, auguring smoke before nightfall carried matches. The day is a skillet on a red-hot eye of a stove. Later, a cop has Radio Rahim in a chokehold. Later, we will light candles for Radio Rahim. If a man takes a baseball bat to another man's property, that's a skillet too. If a man throws a barrel through a plate glass window, others will follow. A Pyrrhic victory is a pyre of life possession set ablaze to save lives. 
Catharsis is the moth's flight toward the flame, fluttering in the spotlight, or first fluttering, then finding the power to flutter, but consumed by the heat until all we know of its shimmer is how one smolders to survive. Thank you, Van. Thanks. That was, ah, um... It, I love how you also are delivering the poem, how you read it, and with um, the being able Nervousness to see <laughs> no, to see the movement in sure, it, um, sure. and the uh, which would be the 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 interior rhythms that as you were reading it, because if you chose to read it. Um, silently to mm. yourself as reading a book sure. rather than reading it aloud to yourself or because there's all these different ways then that mm. you can experience e- each of the poems so yeah. hearing that one and that was thank you for for reading that sure sure so with the rules in this one you know how earlier at the top of the show when we were mm-hmm. starting to talk about mm-hmm. the, this book's sort of mission projects yeah, yeah yeah so at what What's at work with this particular one? Because I feel like this is a poem that you don't have to have seen the movie sure, to also sure, connect absolutely. to and and feel resonate. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But when you were saying some of one of the rules was something that was completely absent of from the movie, would that be a note like when you said on an Iowa stove, or what? What were the note? Or is it impossible to sort of deconstruct no, no, it this way? No, there's um, well, one of the things with would do the right thing is that it really sets the stage by um, having different items and actions that show how hot it is that day, and that's the main concern at the top of the film is like how are we going to deal with this heat, you know? And so they have you know. Um, Samuel Jackson's a, a radio DJ, and he's talking about the heat. This is the opening of the of the film, and people are outside, and they're they're wiping sweat off themselves. No one wants to use their actually wants to use their stove, you know. I mean, it's just it's incredibly hot, and we get that through all these different images and actions and the filter of color that um, Spike Lee uses. Um, we have all these different pastels that that feel um, in this context hot, you know, and so um, and so that was the main thing. Like first, let's set the tone around heat, and how do we bring images in that that deal with that, and then we bring the people in, and this is you know what what Spike Lee does. He brings in these characters. We start to see what their their role is in that community, in that neighborhood. And, and then we start feeling what their conflict is. And so that's sort of the order of operation, you know, order of information inside the poem. So that would be the rule that was taking elements of the structure of the film to exactly. have it at work in the poem. Sure, sure, yes. And so where is the, is it, because you also mentioned like the us, like it makes it, it places the reader also mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the narrator within the framework. Of a community. And of of this com- of this particular hot day in the community, exactly. is that the part then that you would say is bringing something from the outside in that moment, or is it, um, or how did you feel like you were? Sure, I mean, I think some of, like some of the some of the language um, around um, um, animals and insects and things like that. I mean, those were things that were sort of brought in ah. um, that you know that weren't in the in the, the actual film. Um, but you know, this is this is where I'm able to sort of um, uh, this is this is a perfect example of poetic license, right. you know. And so, so these these images complement the images of the film, and we're able to make them work, 
mm-hmm. in, the, in the same way. And it's those, and there were openings for them, and somehow there, it's also, uh, it's more a signature of you in particular, because these would be right. yours that you are calling upon to bring to the other Im- images of like the skillet and the heat. And yeah, the, yeah, okay. yeah. And then, and then the main issue behind, like, you know, when you see this film, the main issue is that people are trying to figure out how to live with one another, um, you know, um, you know, in this community that's fairly, um, fairly small in a way. I mean, we think of New York and Brooklyn neighborhoods as being, you know, um, sort of big. You know, like when you're somewhere like Ann Arbor, but they're they're fairly insular, and so now we have this community. Um, you know, just you know the 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 film itself. It seems like it's shot in just on just a few blocks, mm. and um, you have all these different ethnicities and families and histories that are coming together in a matter of of blocks, and they're trying to figure out well, how can we be together. How do we get along? How do we communicate? You know, and then um, how do we maintain our own identity? And that's part of the struggle. And and so so this is the the core of the poem. And I'm wondering if this isn't also um, speaking to because you mentioned also at the top of the program this idea of vulnerability too, mm-hmm. um, as as a theme that you noticed. Um, that was surfacing as well in the book. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's like human vulnerability. Exactly. Is. Exactly. Yeah. And these characters, I mean, even in their rage, there's a certain level of vulnerability there, you know? And so the rage is sort of like a defense What reveals mecha- us. Exactly. To- exactly. Def- it, you know, so defense mechanism, you know? And so, um, and, and for those, I won't spoil this for you because you, you, you told me. I'm like the only air. person on the planet. <laughs> oh no, there's, there's plenty of people who haven't seen the film, but um, I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending is one of the controversies about the ending is, you know, sort of trying to figure out, um, is this uh, a, a moment of, of protection, uh, act of love? Is this a moment of aggression? You know, so it's so, sort of elliptical in that way, uh, or at least open-ended in some but ways. That's probably what also makes the film live, like in exactly, this way where it exactly. is, you know, if definitely. Right. And every time it, I go to this it. film, I get something new out oh, of it. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like like a like a good poem, like exactly. a, a poem in the cineast. Um, Van, was there ever a time? Because we we mentioned briefly that there is there's um, the the three sections, acknowledgments, and then a notes section in the sure, back of the book. Was sure. there ever a time that the notes were not going to be in the book, or because each it basically. Um, just gives a blurb about each of the films. To yeah, define you know, it's funny. I've had a lot of questions about the the notes section. The notes um, they were the last thing I wrote oh, for, the, okay. for the book, and the 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 rule I set for myself was that I wasn't going to try to give a synopsis of the film. I, I I wrote each note as if it were sort of like an email to a friend, and just sort of telling um, the details of the of the film and and sort of like what I thought was important about it. Right. For example, Stranger Than Paradise, the first line for this note is that Jim Jarmusch is from my hometown of Akron, Ohio. Always yeah. amused me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is... The, and so was it your idea to make the notes? Was it part of something that you envisioned for the project? I even did. though it was at the end? Or yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. And the Red Balloon. Oh, one of my favorite films of all time. It is. A, it's... A, 
a beautiful one. It's I have seen that. Film. I need to see more films, though. Now, <laughs> yeah. and so I, I will be one of the people that can make this their their list um, of things to see. Well, let's take a short break. Hear another one of the the songs that Van you chose for the program sure, today, sure, sure. and then we'll come back and and maybe hear another poem. Sounds great. The cineast A Van Jordan here on Living Writers. I'm T Hetzel. We'll be right back. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Avan Jordan is here in the studio. The book before us, The Cineast. Out with Norton. And um, because it is actually getting warmer, and I think in some ways my, my, my brain is slowing down at some point. Sure. <laughs> We're trying to think about... Um, like, because Van will be uh, also reading uh, around town the spring and summer, and one of the upcoming events is this coming week on Tuesday at Sweetwaters on Washington. Right. Yes. Um, so, so go and go and check that out. <laughs> um, the lovely people at Thank that you. cafe. Um, it seems like you should be reading at the Michigan Theater, Van. <laughs> I hope they're listening also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or maybe the Library of Congress or something. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Well, your date book will be filling, I'm sure. From, from your sure. lips, T. From your lips. <laughs> um, but because but, what it would be actually quite quite wonderful is to show some of the films and have that, you that would be the great. poems. Yeah. And, and I've done, I've done some of that. Like I've, I've, I've done some readings, um, at different colleges, you know, okay. and they've shown, um, like the film, a film or two the night before. And we had a discussion and then I would come back the next day and do a reading, you know? Oh. So that was, uh, I, I did that at, um, at UNC at Greensboro and I did it at, uh, uh Marquette university. You know, so it's been it's been great to to have them brought together in that way. And so, what was that like? Because then it's it is they're having the experience of watching the film, sort right. of what, what we were talking about earlier, yeah, and yeah. and then they get a chance to also talk with you, someone who's um, in a way because you've chosen the film. It's like right. you're you're the guy from. Um, 
TCM who's introduced <laughs> exactly. me. Right. Right. Trying, Charles Osgood. Yes, yeah. Then <laughs> this, and I don't wish him ill, but his no, health, no. I think, hasn't been well. So that could be another <laughs> right, side right, project van in the future, <laughs> and go th- introduce all these films. But um, but that it would be kind of wonderful for the students then to experience the film, get to talk about it, and then also to think about what is their experience with the poem. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I've. Uh, I, I think that the um, watching the film, uh, you know, that that accompanies the poem, uh, c- certainly adds something to the reading of the poem. You know, and I like to say, oh well, you know, you don't need to read, you don't need to see the film to enjoy the poem or whatever. And you know, I do think that the poem does operate on its own. You know, that they they do operate autonomously away from the film, but. You know the the whole idea, uh, the the thing that because they were also chosen, because other there were many other films and other yeah. poems, but yeah. these were the ones that are adding a layer. There's something exactly, of their exactly own. right. And so, like the the idea is that the the movie going experience is um, you know it's a, sort of a communal experience. And so, um, sure, like like watch the film, read the poem. And and then have a discussion about that. You know, this is this is you know how we how we watch movies. Like we, we watch them and then we want to go and, and talk to someone about them, or we want to you know hear what the reviewers have to say about them. You know, uh, I I enjoy going to these um, film events. You know, in which uh, they'll have um, either a cast and or crew from the film talk about um, talk about the the making of. Mm-hmm. You know, and and those are always fun. You know, I, I had the uh, the chance uh, a few years ago in Austin, Texas, to see um, Strangers on the Train, uh, Hitchcock's film, and who and Hitchcock you love, like is near I, and dear to your heart. I, I right? really, I really do, Could and I seen... could not write a poem about about a Hitchcock film, but <laughs> Farley Granger, the star um, with Robert Walker. Uh, the one of the stars of uh, Strangers on the Train. He he came. He How talked. old is he though? He's I mean, in his eighties. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He he was completely like beautiful and lucid and and had you know great stories to tell. And he talked about the film and being on the the set with Hitchcock and it was wonderful. Um, but you know, ideally that that's kind of what the uh what i like to think of the experience you know as being like you know you're watching the film and then the poem is sort of part of that conversation with the film right right and it's and it's interesting yes well it is it's definitely um part of the conversation and um another dimension somehow because it's not it's obviously not an echo it's not um it's also not that you're always placing yourself in it right um there 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 are poems in which i sort of become the villain or the protagonist in the film and um you know so it's just a sort of another way in and uh, also another way to sort of um uh play with the, the 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 theme of the film and sort of um bring a new element to it and so sometimes bringing, um, you know, like in the Do the Right Thing, there were other images and um, other poems, it's a point of view that shifts. And so that's, that's the thing that, that's in the poem that's not in the film, a shifting of the point of view. 
So were you able, to, are you still writing these, Van? No, no. I mean, this. these are the, the poems that made it in this book. And, um, you know, I certainly wouldn't be opposed to writing an ekphrastic poem about a film. Um, but it's just not, it's not necessarily the focus right now. Yeah. And so is it, um, do you want to say sort of what some of the new, like a new focus is, or is it sort of just being open and, um, yeah, or is it yeah, right. that there's projects that are sort of floating out there and you're, yeah, I don't have anything new right now. I'm still sort of, um, in the, in the germinating stages of, of trying to figure out what, what that's the next exciting. Thing is. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I, I guess so. It's, it's exciting. And, and, you know, those, those moments can be also scary, you know, so definitely, but then, yeah. you know, you're alive. Yeah, exactly. Right? There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Now I've gone and put a Pollyanna spin on it without meaning to, but in some ways it's true. There's no, it's, very it's absolutely and, true. Yeah, um, but they're both they're both true. And, <laughs> well, it was interesting to also think of right now, like the as a poet, like you you've got the, these poems that are coming in. Like you said, maybe without even knowing it, you're writing and you're making. There's these pieces of poems. Um, well. Well, what you mentioned earlier, was, it was sort of funny. It's like as you're walking around and you're being in your life, yeah. you're also always observing or you're, you're catching or capturing or, or there's these pieces that you're, sure. you're gathering yeah. somehow. Yeah. Like you're never yeah. at rest. Right, right. You know, the thing that I think right now is sort of um, orbiting around me is just um, sort of thinking about style. And, and the way in which style sort of comes into um, social discourse and, um, you know, the, the way style can become um, uh, an issue of importance in one's life um, and, and the way in which it influences our lives. And, and so I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do with that, but that's, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm sort of ruminating on right now as I walk around, um, particularly just... Um, you know, it's one of those things that also becomes, um, in 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 the best of ways, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, a demarcation of generations as well. You know, you see different styles um, depending on um, uh, the generation of of of, of people, mm-hmm. um, and and then also um, culturally, like you see um, style uh, in certain cities. They're different from the style in other cities, you know, in other, you know, countries. And, um, you know, having um, done some traveling this year, that's one of the things that, that was really salient to me, going from one location to the next, is the way style would change. Mm. Um, not just, you know, with people, but also with buildings and, you know, um, language. I mean, everything was sort of stylized in our world because we're kind of like these these pattern-making animals. And so whether it's in language, whether it's in the way we build, whether it's in the way that we dress, you know, the way in which we, you know, demarcate space, we're, we're always thinking, we're always sort of stylizing it. And so that's kind of what I'm ruminating on right now. That is some, pro- that sounds like some great ruminations fan (laughs) oh good seriously and it's interesting because of course maybe i'm just trying to see connections to it but then i think oh i see how this piece is feeding out of this project from the stylization of movies and the lens absolutely yeah and and what's on 
But I think what will also be interesting, because it's exterior, but that somehow signals interior as sure, well, sure. or not, or... Anyway, well, how wonderful. Well, shall we have, a, what about, what about another poem, Van? Absolutely. What do you think? Sure. Okay, so this is um, a Korean film uh, by Park Chan-wook. Um, and strangely enough, uh, it's a film that is being remade right now by Spike Lee. They're in post-production now. Perfect. <laughs> uh, it's called Old Boy. Um, and this, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into the whole um, story of the film, but the the thing to keep in mind is that this is a a, a film about um, um, reclaiming the, one's life after after being sort of um, taken out of it for some time. I'll just leave it at that. Wow. Yeah. And I I haven't seen this film either. I haven't seen that many films. Well, this is this. this you'll is, you'll you should this check this out. This is. Uh, uh, part of a trilogy of films by Park Chan-wook, uh, the Revenge Trilogy. And the one thing I'll say about this film is that there's a surprise, structurally, there's a surprise in every scene in this film, imagistically. I mean, there's a, just an, a surprising image in every scene. So, um, so that's look for that in the poem. That's the structure. Okay. That's the thing I took from the film, okay. structurally. Uh, old Boy. If one rainy night you find yourself leaving a phone booth and you meet a man with a lavender umbrella, resist your desire to follow him, to seek shelter from the night in his solace. Later, don't fall victim to the hypnotist's narcotic of clarity, which proves a curare for the heart. Her salve is merely a bandage under which memories pulse. Resist the taste for something still alive for your first meal. Resist the craving for a touch of a hand from your past. We live some memories and some memories are planted. There is only so much space for the truth and the fabrications to spread out in one's mind. When there's no more space, we grow desperate. You'll ask if practicing love for years in your mind prepares you for the moment. If practicing to defend one's life is the same as living. You'll hold up captive in a hotel room for 15 years and learn to find a man within you, which will prove a painful introduction to the trance into which you were born. Better to stay under the spell of your guilt than to forget. You've already released your pain onto the world. Don't believe there's some joy in forgetting. There's no joy in the struggle to forget. And what appears as an endless, verdant field only spreads across a building's rooftop. Your peaceful sleep could be a fetal position which secures you in a suitcase in this field. A bell rings, and you fall out of this luggage like clothes you no longer fit. Now what to do? You remember when you were the man who fit those clothes, but you've forgotten this world. Even forgotten scenes from your life leave shadows of the memory, haunting your spirit, until within a moment's glance, strangers passing you on the street observe history in your eyes. Experience lingers through acts of forgetting, small acts of love or trauma falling from the same place. Whether memory comes in the form of a stone or a grain of sand, they both sink in water. A tongue, even if it were, say, sworn to secrecy, or if it were cut from one's mouth, yes, even without a mouth to envelop its truth, the tongue continues to confess. Thank you, Van. Thank you. That was some poem. <laughs> Thanks, T. I, I, are you sending the poems to some of the 
directors at all or is there a way that they can find no. out that about so they know <laughs> about the conversation that's <laughs> happening with the art well, I, I like to imagine that's happening but yeah. I, I don't know if it ever will well, I think it is and thank you for and I think it's interesting that this poem that you read the the clothes no longer fit this man mm. and it's interesting to think that oh. this is an element of the, the pro- back to the style yes yeah, it's great it's great oh. and that's the last poem in the book it, yes. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> so paths forward I know right? about that always yeah, great. Um, well Van thank you so much for being on the program Thanks, today it's fun as always and we'll come back any any time um a van jordan um has been reading to us from his latest collection of poems the cineast um and there'll be more to come um thanks for listening everyone thanks to stephanie for engineering um van many thanks for being on the show and um until next time i'm t hetzel It's 5 o'clock. You're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and it's time for the Drive Time Polka Party. Well, let's try that again. Dances in the sun.